Hey, Natch. Today I um, I encountered, um, on the way into the radio control, Rossi the cleaner. She said, Rob, aren't you supposed to be off today? What are you doing in the studio? I said, Rossi, it's a big, weird, wild world out there, folks. And here we are, al pie del cañon, ready for anything. I'm Rob Grams, that's the Natch, and you're listening to... The Bravo Show! <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Happy Monday. Oh, my God. Hopefully you're all feeling well and you're um, looking forward to a good week, a productive week in um, whatever endeavor you uh, you choose to put your mind to. Um, how are we doing? We've got Pedro in the chat. He says, good morning. And he asks, how was my moving? Because I'm moving house. Yeah, I got everything into my house, Pedro. Everything's in there. <laughs> That's where the progress ended. <laughs> I did manage to put some shelves up and things, but the shelves are empty. It's, it looks sad in there right now. The dogs are terrified. <laughs> um, the bridge is here. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, bridge. How are you doing? We've got Jareom here. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Jareom. Ah, oh, and here we are. I'm back in my natural habitat, Natch. <laughs> the place in the world I feel the most at home. Um, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Uh, pretty good. I had a very nice Saturday. <laughs> you um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watching TV. Yeah, because uh, you left the you left yeah. baby Natch mm -hmm. with the in-laws. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Sunday, of course, as usual, a birthday party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did um, did in the end, did um, Mrs. Natch, did she make loads of plans, or did you just get to relax? No, no, no. We we ended up uh, watching uh, movies, oh. bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> by the way but that's good that's good yeah yeah, yeah. what movies did you want uh, well not bad movies no, no, not bad uh, Free Guy okay I've seen that funny. one funny yeah, yeah yeah funny and and Thor Love and Thunder okay okay mm, well, nah. yeah nah. Nah. yeah I know what you mean <laughs> yeah I, was I, had, a little... I had to see it because I love Marvel but <laughs> nah. yeah I know I know exactly what you mean that was it I, I went to see it at the cinema Thor, Love and Thunder, and the, the moment I left, I was like, wow, what a spectacle. And then slowly, as, as the movie kind of sunk in, I thought, wow, okay, well, that was the thing. That was, <laughs> you know, I feel like I maybe need to see it again to f figure out why I'm not as moved by that movie as, um, as the rest. But yeah, Chris Hemsworth, um, he, wow, look at this, we're already getting into the news. Chris Hemsworth actually released, oh, well, released. He was in an interview recently. And um, and I think he may be a little disappointed with the movie, too, because he said he wants to see Thor in the next movie make a departure from from where it, where he was in Thor, Love and Thunder. He wants, to, he wants to have a different take on the character, which is bad news for the director of um, Love and Thunder and Ragnarok, which is a guy called um, Taika Waititi. Bad news for him. He's gotten a lot of criticism for for Thor: Lunder, Love and Thunder. But I mean, what? Do you, I mean, it wasn't such a departure from Ragnarok. I and I really loved Ragnarok. I just think it was just a little bit too comedy, you know, just too too much. Um, Chusky's here. Says, "Pa pa pa pow. How are you doing, Chusky? Did you manage to fit it all in?" Says the bridge. I did. I did. Bridge. It's currently all living in in my bedroom area. All my things. <laughs> so I've been sleeping on the sofa. But, you know, it's been peaceful. It's been nice. I can't complain. Um, how are you all doing? Hopefully, um, uh, hopefully you're ready for a, for a good work week. Um, yeah, my weekend was just full of um, moving things from one place to another. And obviously reading a ton of news. Because that's, <laughs> that's my addiction. Um, so anyway, we've gotten that out of the way. I'm here. You're here. Let's look at what's going on in the world. Well, given that we've done a little bit of movie talk, Natch, let's continue. Have you seen, um, uh, ooh, what was it called? Uh, it's a movie by Ryan Johnson. He's a director. It's, oh, God, what the hell? This is bad of me. It's a, a murder mystery. They've just released the second part. Oh, my God, this is going to drive me crazy the second part of this movie the the sequel is called glass onion well it's just come out of the cinemas it's just come out of the cinemas hang on wait i i need to find i need to find the movie 
Otherwise, um, otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. Um, the first one was really good. It stars um, it stars Daniel Craig um, of James Bond fame. The the original movie, 2019, was called Knives Out. Have you seen Knives Out? It's on Netflix. It, do you like Do you like the murder mystery genre? Yes. On the books, I love it. Why? Then you need to watch Knives Out. Do you remember the old Agatha Christie, um, Death on the Nile, Orient Express? Bueno, SRC. It's just like that. But like a, a kind of more modern take. Anna de Armas is in, the, in Knives Out. Anna de Armas, ladies and gentlemen. Just a moment of silence. <laughs> um, Anna de Armas is in the, first, in the first one. Really good. A really offbeat kind of murder mystery, but very, very classic in its style. Well, the sequel featuring um, Daniel Craig again as the detective is out now in cinemas. And wow, rave reviews. Like it's doing, it's doing really, really well. Um, it's the biggest opening box office ever for a Netflix movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and according to critics, it's um, it's it's really it's really receiving some praise. I think it's ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. We should do this one day. Like which which is the best um, uh, site to get movie reviews from? Because it's not Rotten Tomatoes. Like a, just an above average movie can get hundred percent. And that's, yeah, doesn't mean it's good. I would recommend a site called Metacritic, but whatever. So, yeah, um, Glass Onion made $15 million um, during its uh, first weekend. And I'm excited to see it. It's got some, uh, got some big names in, not only Daniel Craig. Um, like the first movie, the first movie had uh, Captain America, Chris Evans in it as well. But, yeah, he's managed to... Um, He's managed to uh, rally a group of um, very, very famous uh, actors to be in the film. I'm mean, excited for it. I'm excited for it. It's a sad it's at the cinema because I've got um, nowhere to go and see it now. Or no one to go and see it with. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, I will be watching it when it comes out. Um, so you don't like horror, Natch, but you like murder mystery. So you don't mind murdering so much as long as it's not a monster doing it. Yeah. Normal people killing normal people. That's right. <laughs> 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 okay, I hear you. I hear you. No, it's good. It's good. I and I hope the um, uh, I hope Glass Onion, the sequel to Knives Out, is as is as experimental and weird as the first one because it was. It is a very very good movie. Very funny. Very you know, I don't know. Kind of um, uh, rekindling the spirit of um, the classic Agatha Christie, Poirot, Miss Marple. You know, it's um, uh, really a really, really good um, film. So, you know what I mean? You get a, that's a little recommendation from me, even though I haven't seen the movie. One thing about Ryan Johnson, though. Ryan Johnson was the director. He directed the final performance of Carrie Fisher. You know, Princess Leia. He was her, her final director. Christopher Plummer. Stephen Sodenheim. Angela Lansbury. All these people filmed their last movie with um, uh, with Ryan Johnson. Someone needs to stop this man. He's killing all the great actors. <laughs> Dude, just cross your fingers that you know he never works with you know Anthony Hopkins. If, if if I find out that Anthony Hopkins is doing a movie with Ryan Johnson, I'm calling the police. That's how it's gonna go. That's how it's gonna go, folks. Um, what else has happened in the world? There's, there's a piece of news, actually, that I wanted to do as a complete the news. But I never quite got to it. Um, and, it and it's news from India. Something weird's going on in India, Natch. Something weird. Okay. 581 kilograms of marijuana. Um, something's happened to it. It was seized in a police raid. Okay, so the police found this marijuana, seized it, took it to the police station. And apparently, apparently the rats, rats have eaten it. <laughs> um, yeah, this is not a joke. Um, uh, rats blamed for eating 500 kilo, kilograms of cannabis stored in an Indian police station. This is um, a 
piece of news from CNN, but I have verified it with um, several sources. Rats in northern India have been accused of eating hundreds of kilograms, hundreds of kilograms, Natch. Like, <laughs> next thing, where to find these rats? They're all in Papa John's. <laughs> They're all in Papa John's, full bellies, having a little nap. <laughs> Eating hundreds of kilograms of cannabis seized from drug dealers and stored in a police warehouse. Um, rats are small animals and they aren't scared of the police. Um, uh, um, was This was noted in a court document. Well, here's the thing. So in the court, this thing, this case has gone to trial now. And the court is asking for proof that the, that the rats have eaten the cannabis. I don't know how you provide proof of that. And like, do you believe, do you think like the police have been kind of stealing a little bit of that, and they're just blaming it on the rats? It sounds like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was eaten by rats, man. And by the way, yeah, I love you, <laughs> dude. Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse is high today. You know, I mean, these rats are living their best life. Um, court documents said the police had asked to provide 386 kilograms of cannabis, but the prosecution flagged to the court that more than 700 kilograms of marijuana stored in various stations across Mathura could be impacted by the rat infestation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell you what, there's some place in India having a party right now. <laughs> I don't think it's the rats. I honestly don't. <laughs> anyway anyway you know what we're gonna do guys we've got a good um unpopular opinion today we're gonna go straight there unpopular opinion okay so today's unpopular opinion came from nessa finessa okay what is an unpopular opinion every now and again i have a brain fart guys a pedo cerebral a pedo mental and i share it with you on my social media yesterday i only shared it my bad sorry guys i only shared it on instagram and it came from nessa Vanessa, and it is this i have an unpopular opinion for you rob we shouldn't protect people um we shouldn't protect people by keeping the truth from them we shouldn't protect people by keeping the truth from them. So I kind of paraphrased that a little bit and said lying is never acceptable. But do you know there is an actual term for lying for someone's benefit? Um, where is it? Let me see. Lying for someone's benefit. It's called pro-social lying, I believe. I have. Um, I did do, um, yeah, pro-social lying. I have done a little bit of research into this. But first of all, while you guys, my my friends in the chat, we've got Pedro, Bridge, Jareom, Chusky. Is lying ever acceptable? Okay, here we go. In Instagram, 53% of people said no. Lying sometimes is acceptable. But 53, it was very close. And yeah, and a lot of people voted. So I would like to know your opinions. What about you, Natch? Is it is it okay? To lie to protect someone from the from you know bad news, pro-social lying is it bad? For me, no, no, not in general. I would do an I make an an exception with kids, mm. but ah. in general, if you're an adult, no. So you're making moral exceptions based on the age of the person. Yeah, because kids don't have like the brain uh, properly developed to assume certain things i think oh you might be surprised about this because i've done some research i've done yeah, some maybe, research. maybe maybe um nessa nessa goes on to say if we do if we do it's to protect ourselves which is unacceptable or to protect others which is very arrogant because we are thinking protected one isn't as capable as us as you were saying with children in that case um unacceptable in any case for me never lie says chusky a white lie says pedro a white lie is a, you know, it's a small, it's a tiny little lie, you know, that does no harm. Um, so those lies that we that we state in order to protect people's feelings or protect them from the truth, those are called that's called pro-social lying. Okay, pro-social lies are lies intended to benefit other people. Okay, whether that's protecting them from an ugly truth, or or just to, just in their benefit. 
Okay, so Natch mentioned children. We all lie, folks. You lie. You're sat here listening to me, a big, fat, stinking liar. And I'm a big, fat, stinking liar talking to you. We're all liars, you know? Have you ever talked about Santa, the tooth fairy? Or here in Spain, <laughs> the three kings in Rat Ratoncito Perry? You don't have to tell them that. You could say, no, mum and dad worked really hard to buy you these presents. You're welcome. But no, no, no. Santa Claus exists. You're not protecting them from a harsh reality. You're not protecting them from a harsh reality. You, you, what you're, what you're doing, is you're trying to help them live in magic, in a magical kind of world. You want them to believe in magic, a magic that you lost when you were a kid. Okay, so this is, it's fair, you know. When the dog dies, and you've got a kid, you know it hasn't died. He's gone to live on a farm. My grandfather told me that lie. <laughs> no, no, no. Sam's gone to live on a farm. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, grandma passes away. No, grandma now is a star in the sky, you know? In these two cases, the dog has died, grandma's died, you know, and she's not a star in the sky. <laughs> or she hasn't gone to... Grandma's gone to live on a farm. <laughs> or the dog hasn't gone to live on a farm. You're protecting them from um, the inevitability or human mortality. You don't want them to consider such dark thoughts at such an early age. Again, another example of pro-social lying, which is the lying that Nessa Finessa is talking about. You know? And then, not only that, like my own experiences with my goddaughters, a kid will give you art. This is you, Uncle Rob. And Uncle Rob's bigger than the house. He's got seven fingers. <laughs> you know? And you say, wow, that's wonderful. I'm going to put that on my wall. <laughs> Again, another pro-social lie. You don't want them to feel terrible about the art they've created. You know? Um, you're feeling empathy. So is that really bad? Because that's, whether you like it or not, whether you're doing it to an adult or a child, it's still pro-social lying. And what we're doing, actually, is in a very small, to a very small degree, is teaching kids that, that lying is a little bit acceptable. Particularly pro-social lying. You know, we're even, um, we even encourage kids to lie. Or at least I was encouraged to lie when I was a kid. You know, when my Aunt Judy gave me some tube socks for Christmas. Go and say thank you to Aunt Judy and tell her you really like the socks. Thank you, Aunt Judy. I really like the socks. I'm so glad it wasn't a PlayStation. You know, we encourage kids to lie. <laughs> okay, so now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lean on a. I'm gonna lean on a um, a scientific art. Well, an article from a scientific journal. Um, development profiles of children and spontaneous lie telling behavior. This is the this is the article um, in Cognitive Development. Um, that's a scientific publication, volume forty one. Okay, children develop the age to lie at about three years old. Okay, they can they can start to lie around three and by the age of five, almost all children can and will lie to avoid punishment or to avoid chores. Okay, and a minority will sporadically tell pro-social lies, which are lies again to, to benefit other people. From ages 7 to 11, they begin to reliably protect other people to make them feel better. Um, and they'll start to consider pro-social lies to be justified. Just like you, Natch, as an adult, when talking to a kid, you think it's justified, a pro-social lie. Um, there's, they're not just telling white lies to please adults. The research to date suggests that they are motivated by strong feelings of empathy and compassion. Lying is never justified, folks. Strong feelings of empathy and compassion are what motivates children to lie. So is lying really 100% or is it really never acceptable? I would argue that it is. I would argue that it is. I'm, um, uh, I'm kind of with Natch when it comes to talking to children, but I stand alone, I think, in, thinking, in saying that even when it comes to adults, a little, a little lie to protect someone's feelings if, it, if it's consequenceless and it's not hurting anyone, it's not a bad thing. 
Okay, let's see what Pedro's saying. Uh, Chusky says, never lie. Just never lie. Pedro says, no relationship can endure 100% transparency. Oh, amen. Can we get Pedro a, a Probo approved? Oof. He hasn't even finished. He's getting Probo approved. There's more to the comment, but that it was a good opener. That said, sometimes empathy requires some reasonable level of lies. But we shouldn't lie about key aspects of our lives that might compromise our integrity. Confusing, I know, but I support some level of white or pro-social lies. Yeah, me too. Okay, let's continue. Um, taken together, this research points to one message. Okay, the research from the paper that I mentioned above in cognitive development. Um, that lying can reveal what is best about people. I mean, that is to say that kids don't tell malicious lies to get out of trouble and things like that. But that's anti-social lying. It kind of happens earlier in a child's development than pro-social lying because it's much simpler. I mean, the only part, the only part of consciousness that a child needs to be aware of is that an adult can't read their mind. Pro-social lying requires compassion, requires empathy, you know? requires theory of mind. What's theory of mind? Theory of mind is a psychological term describing our, abi our ability to distinguish our own beliefs and desires, what we want, what we know from uh, the minds of other people, to recognize that we are an island feeling our own thoughts and other people are feeling theirs, okay? It's kind of the seat of empathy. Um, um, Pro-social lying reflects the development of at least four distinct human capabilities or capacities. Theory of mind, empathy, empathy compassion, and a combination of memory and in imagination that allows us to foresee consequences of our words. So there you go. Um, we can, I think we can distinctly draw a, a line, a division between what is anti-social and pro-social lying. And I think the lying that is never acceptable is anti-social lying. But I would, I would argue, just like Pedro does, that to some degree, pro-social lying is a good thing. Not only is it acceptable, it's a good thing. Okay? Um, telling the truth 100% of the time, the truth can be used just as much as a weapon, as a... As, um, as a lie can, okay? In fact, 99% of the lies that you probably tell, listener, if um, whoever you are, wherever you are, or I tell or Natch tells, are told from, um, from a place of compassion, from a place of empathy, okay? In a way to spare someone's feelings. And can that really be a bad thing? Can you really look at, um, uh, can you really look at a pro-social lie, a lie designed to help someone, a lie, a lie designed to benefit someone else as a bad thing? I would argue not. I would argue we actually train future generations in telling pro-social lies, like the example of Santa Claus or, or the Easter Bunny or <laughs> Ratoncito Perez or as we call her, the Tooth Fairy, you know? When someone passes away, we make up a myth that they're a star in the sky. They've gone to live on a farm, you know. You can talk to them, you know. And in, in all reality, you don't tell kids, no, grandma's dead now. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> no. No. Because it's harmful. And there is no, I don't draw a line between what's acceptable for children and what's acceptable for adults. If, if, we get, if it's morally acceptable to treat um, a child compassionately by telling uh, a pro-social lie, then the same stands for an adult, okay? I mean, whether you're religious or not, arguably, that is the seat of religion, right? You know, you've been a good person, you're going to go to a good place. There are pro-social lies if you're like me, an atheist. And I don't think religion's necessarily a bad thing, even though I don't participate. Uh, Chusky says, it's easy to lie than tell the truth. That's why people lie. Um, not always. Not always. I mean, I'm quite an honest person, and I sometimes really, really morally struggle by telling a pro-social lie. Because lying, because telling the truth, for me, I'll be honest, is easy. 
I'm quite um, I'm quite a direct person, as we talk, spoke about in the in the last show. My default used to always be, tell the truth. Doesn't matter if it's going to hurt them or not, you know. And now I'm much more likely to abstain from an answer if it's going to be painful, or tell a little white lie, or at least tell the truth coated in a pro-social lie, you know, just to make the truth a little easier to swallow. But look, guys, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend that I know the absolute truth here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to release a poll into the chat and you guys are going to tell me, is lying ever acceptable? Is lying ever acceptable? Well, you're going to tell me very, very soon. We're going to go into a break very shortly, but do stick around, folks. We've got two amazing Complete the News bits. Uh, we're going to look at uh, the, the US Embassy in London. And if we have time, we're going we're gonna to go to France and see what workers can or cannot be forced to do. We're also going to speak to 100 humans and ask them what they might do after eating dinner. <laughs> um, but all that's coming up in the second half of the show, guys. Guys, it's um, very early. It's um, approaching 9 a.m. right here, Central European time. And I'm sure there are a million things you could be doing right now. But instead of doing those things, you've decided to take the time to spend some time with me, and it means the world. See you in four minutes. Hey guys, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash professional bohemian. There you'll find VODs of the episodes as they are recorded live, blogs, vlogs, and behind the scenes content. If you'd like to watch the show live, you can do so on twitch.tv forward slash professional bohemian. And you can participate in the polls we use in the show on Instagram at professional bohemian or Twitter at probo, P-R-O-B-O-H. Okay, on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to today's Probo show on this beautiful Monday morning, 28th of November. How are you doing, friends? 28th of November, Natch. It's coming. It's coming. What's coming, ladies and gentlemen, dear listener? What's coming? Let me tell you. The 30th of November in two days' time, 8.30 in the evening, Calle Amaniel, number 23, Real Madrid, The Natch, Andrea Vaughan, and me, <laughs> the bald one. We will be there hosting the Vaughan Trivia Quiz. Guys, do come. Do come. Do come, it would be awesome to see you. If you're a Pro Bowl Show fan, if you're a fan of the Lunchtime Show, just a fan of Vaughn Radio, there'll be other presenters there. Um, do come, we're going to have a good time. I am so ready to um, let my hair down, figuratively speaking, of course, <laughs> to have a good time, to paint the town red and spend some time with some of you guys. I know a few of you are going. I know a few of you are going. You've reached out to me on Instagram to tell me so. Um... It's going to be awesome to meet you. And if you can't be there, do let me know as well, because it'd be nice to maybe read out some comments from people who can't go there. And you can reach out to me on Instagram at Professional Bohemian. That's Bohemio Professional, but in English. Or on Twitter at Aroba at P-R-O-B-O-H. Probo. There you go. Just like the name of the show. See that? Some good branding right there. <laughs> so if you're just tuning in, what have you missed? Well, we um, uh, we spoke briefly about, obviously, our weekends. Um, but then we went on to talk about um, Glass Onion, the the sequel to, to Knives Out, um, becoming Netflix's biggest opening box office weekend. A star-studded cast um, led by Daniel Craig, the former James Bond, in a murder mystery. I haven't seen it yet. I have seen Knives Out with Ana de Armas. Hallelujah! <laughs> I have seen uh, I've seen Knives Out, a really great film. Uh, I do recommend it if you're a lover of murder mystery movies, because that's where it is, and it's um, it's a really spectacular example of that with twists and turns. Very very good. Um, so I'm excited to see um, Glass Onion, and um, and then we went on to talk about a, a news story that I wanted to do for a complete the news. And just never found the time to squeeze it in. And that is about um, about a, a police um, drug bust. So a big arrest in, in India where they, ca they seized almost a thousand kilograms of, um, of marijuana. And apparently, <laughs> apparently rats ate it. 
Like the dog did with my homework when I was at school, you know? Sorry, miss. Dog ate my homework. <laughs> Whatever. They're either some policemen in a really chill mood. <laughs> or there's some there are some rats currently hanging out at Papa John's. <laughs> Just sleeping and um, and listening to Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club. <laughs> I am the walrus. Good life to be a rat, let me tell you. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. And then we went into today's unpopular opinion that was um, generally, generously donated to us on Instagram via Nessa Vanessa, a listener of the show, which was, to cut a long story short, you shouldn't lie to protect people. And I paraphrase that as lying is never acceptable. Okay. Um, we, did a, we did a poll here in the chat. I will re release the... Um, or I will tell you the, the results of that poll in a second. First of all, I want to read some comments. Right before the break, Chusky said, the best thing we could be doing right now is sleeping. Amen, dude. <laughs> Pedro said, I'd love to be there, but I think I won't be able to. I'll have guests at home. Oh, Pedro from Instagram. I'll, um, I'll have a drink in your honor. Urs is here. If it's a white lie to avoid hurting a loved one, I guess it's, it's, it's acceptable. We are always lying when we say, I'm great, when we aren't. Oof, brilliant. It's socially acceptable and everyone does it, even you. I do, Urs. Everyone does. That's what I was saying. It's called parasocial lying as opposed to antisocial lying. Parasocial lying are lies that are intended to benefit another person, whether that benefit be to hide them from a painful truth or, or things like that. But yeah, that's a really, really great example. Can we get a Probo approved for Urs, please? My God. That gets the Probo stamp of approval. How many times have you been in a bad m mood or you've been sad or just struggling and someone's asked you, hey, are you okay? And you say, yeah, I'm fine. How many times? How many times in the last month? <laughs> yeah, you're not fine. You're a big fat liar. So am I. Don't worry about it. So, lying can be acceptable. I don't believe I don't believe that lying is never acceptable. And I think as we as we looked at that scientific um, journal in the in the first part of the show, not only is lying acceptable, it actually reveals the best part of ourselves: compassion, empathy, you know, and a full understanding of um, other people's emotions, which is like a which is a really wonderful thing in the end. Um, Chusky says, "Ones who say the truth lose friends." Maybe that's why I have very few friends, says Chusky. <laughs> okay, should we get a drum roll match? Is li lying is never acceptable. 75% said false. Well done, guys. Meaning that, yes, sometimes a lie is acceptable. Like if you say if you say false and you've never said yeah I'm fine, when someone asks you if you're okay, you say, are you okay? Well, I've got irritable bowel syndrome. I split up with my wife and I'm living under a bridge. No, you don't say that, do you? You say no, I'm fine, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you know when you tell your kids about Santa Claus and about Ratoncito Perez, the 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 tooth fairy. You know, those are beautiful little parasocial lies designed to make your kids live in, live in magic. You know, when the dog dies, it hasn't died. It's gone to live on a farm. Grandma hasn't passed away. She's a star in the sky. She's spending time with grandpa, whatever, you know, your mythology is. These are parasocial lies. These are, way, these are ways that we've, we've learned to, um, uh, to better manage the truth for younger people. And for even our own adults, as Oars gave us with that brilliant example of, um, you know, whenever you say I'm great and you're not. Lie to protect somebody is a good lie, says Jayam. I agree. And I think that's why 70%, 75% of you guys agreed. I think if you disagree with that statement, lying is, or if you agree with the statement, lying is never acceptable. You, um, I think you might maybe being a little naive, just a little. I'm not trying to, you know, make you feel bad because again, I'm not the gatekeeper to the truth. <laughs> I know me and uh, and <laughs> very little else. <laughs> but I would say, you know, um, 
99% of the lies we tell as, as adults are done so, are pro-social. They are they're done done they're they're done to, to make people feel good, not to make people feel bad, not to escape trouble ourselves, rather than rather to um, help people just live in a better way with you and with each other. And if it takes a little white lie to do that, then I think that's a good thing. And that's my final thought. Let's go to a hundred humans. <laughs> it was a long walk to work today, guys, through snow-capped mountains, no, over snow-capped mountains and through river valleys. And on that walk, I encountered a hundred humans. And I asked them all a question. I asked them, name something you might, you might do after dinner. Name something you might do after dinner. Friends, they answered that question. I have the seven most popular answers here. Your job in the chat is to identify the top seven answers. Name something you might do after dinner. Okay. Pedro says, uh, maybe an example. We had dinner last Saturday to celebrate my wife's birthday. The size of the, of the portions was ridiculously small. I was honest about my frustration with that and spoiled the dinner. My bad. I should have used my social life for, com for compassion. There you go. I, I constantly make mistakes like that. Nine times out of ten, when I get into trouble, it's because I've been too honest, not because I've lied. <laughs> when I hurt someone's feelings... It's not because I've been I've been lying. It's because I've been honest. <laughs> um, Chuske, if someone asks me how I feel, I prefer to say I felt better than to lie. Chuske, you, I know me. Really? Says, <laughs> says the bridge. Yeah, I do. Okay, what do you think, Natch? So the question is, name something you might do after eating dinner. Go to sleep. To sleep. Um, Chuske agrees with you. To take a nap. Go to sleep to take a nap. Is it there? Yes, it is! <laughs> Natch and Chusky. Well done, guys. Nap. 29 um, of 100 humans said they would take a nap or they would go to sleep after dinner. And it's the top answer! Oh! Straight after... So the first question, you guys, you guys killed it. Well done, guys. Okay, 29 of 100 humans, well done. All right, next one. Jariom says, poop. <laughs> You'd have a poo. <laughs> I mean, let's be fair, like, I'm laughing, but it's true. I mean, it is true. It's the first thing I want to do. <laughs> is poo there? No, it's not. Jariom, sorry. You know, the 100 humans weren't as realistic as you. Um, Pedro says, after dinner, pay the bill. Ooh, good answer. I was thinking eating at home. But what were the 100 humans thinking? Is pay the bill there? No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Chusky. <laughs> Chusky says to have sex. Right after dinner. You're not, he's not even going to brush his teeth first. He's just going to go straight into the sex. <laughs> Is it there? No, it's not. Sorry. Go home, says Pedro. After dinner, after you've paid the bill, go home. Is it there? No, it's not there. I'll give you a clue, right? You, it, It's going to be, you got to imagine that you're eating at home. Okay. Imagine that you're eating at home. Okay, watch a movie, says Chuske, or Urs says to watch a Netflix series. To watch TV. To watch some TV. Is it there? Yes, it is! Nice! Oh my god, guys. 25 of the 100 humans said they would watch TV after eating dinner. I've got a feeling I'm going to have to give you guys a clue. Okay. Hmm. Okay, first, first thing is considered rude to do, okay? The, the, the third most popular answer is considered rude. But after you've eaten a lot of, um, a lot of food, there's a gas buildup. And it either escapes from below or above. <laughs> I'm talking about the above escaping gas right now, okay? 
So, name a thing you might do after dinner. 11 of the 100 humans said this. You know, that gas buildup that they expel. Do you know what it is, Natch? Yes, I guess it's to burp. To burp! Chusky agreed! Well done! Chusky and Natch, they're sharing a mind today. 11 of 100 humans says to burp. Eruptar, no? Or eructar. I'm not sure. I think it's Eruktar. Eruktar. Okay, there you go. Well, I didn't get any of a even though I said it right. You know what I mean? I'm just going to say that, guys. That's the kind of show we're doing tonight. Oh, thanks, Nas. That was a surprise. Thanks. All right. (laughs) Jareum says, Jareum and Pedro say, to fart. To fart. Tirarse un pedo. Fart. Is it there? No, it's not. No, it's not. Really? Right after dinner, your food needs to digest a little bit, doesn't it? It depends. If you've eaten fabada, maybe. Open a window, folks. Fabada for dinner. <laughs> to fat. It's not there. Sorry, guys. That was Pedro and Jarem. Okay. I'm going to give you another clue. Um, this was very common. This was very, very common in Spain. Becoming less, less common. Um, you can't do this inside of bars and restaurants anymore. You'd have to go outside. <laughs> what might you do after dinner? They say it helps you digest. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Chusky said burp again. We've had burp. Okay, so Chusky says to smoke. To smoke a cigarette. Is it there? Smoke a cigarette after dinner? Yes, it is! It's the fourth most popular answer with nine of the hundred humans saying after dinner they would smoke a cigarette. And then get cancer. Don't smoke, kids. It's bad. Listen to Uncle Rob. <laughs> but don't ever watch what Ro- Uncle Rob does. That's the <laughs> that's the uh, that's the learning point there. Okay, Ur says to do the dishes after dinner. Who do the dishes? Urs. Is it there? Yes, it is. No clues required. Do the dishes. Well done. Well done, um, Urs. Okay, I'm going to give you, um, you go, you're missing two. You're only missing two. I actually said this one. I actually said this one before, but no one picked up on it. Um, before kissing someone, you know what I mean? Maybe you'd, um, you'd want to do this. <laughs> Usually you do it first thing in the morning. I would recommend after your coffee. Okay, you have your coffee, your breakfast, and you go have a shower and, and you do this. Just so you got nice fresh breath, you know, to take on the day with a, a nice fresh mouth. <laughs> what am I talking about, friends? Ooh, come on, guys. You know what it is, right, Natch? Go on, tell them. To brush your teeth. To brush your teeth! Well done to Natch and Alone Strong and Chusky Trusky in the chat. Alone Strong, welcome. How are you doing? All right. Yes, it is, in fact, brushing your teeth. That's in fifth place with eight of the hundred humans. Brushed. Remember, my Spanish friends who are listening to the show, we brush teeth. We don't wash them. We wash the dishes. We brush our teeth. Okay. Last one. Jeez Louise. This is Spain. Every Spanish person I know does this after a meal. <laughs> Ooh, Jariam says, drink a spirit. It's not that, but you're going to get a Probo approved. <laughs> Probo approved. Because why the hell not? And a crema de rujo? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not that, but it may be to drink something. It's to drink something, but maybe not a spirit. A chupito, says, um, uh, says Pedro. It's not there. It's a great answer. It's one of my favorite things from uh, about dining in Spain. Yeah, have a chupito. Um, open your belt, says Open Alone Strong. <laughs> you, it's like you've been out for a meal with me. It's <laughs> the first thing I do. Okay. Couple of holes. <laughs> open your belt. Is it there? No, it's not. Uh, Miss Sasha Hayes is joining us all the way from Australia. How are you doing, Sasha? She says, my goodness, I came into the chat of my dreams. All I see is farting and burping. 
<laughs> okay, I really like the taste of my mouth after. Okay. So, Chusky and Urs both allude to coffee. Drinking a coffee. Is it there? Yes, it is! It is the seventh and final answer with six of a hundred say, humans saying after eating dinner, they would eat dessert or drink a coffee. Well done, guys. Um, Urs says, I really like the taste of my mouth after having a coffee. It really annoys me brushing my teeth, but eventually I do. Yeah, but if you do it the reverse, if you brush your teeth and then drink the coffee, it's kind of, you know what I mean? You're just staining your teeth. You know, I don't know. I don't know the order. Is is brushy teeth before or after coffee, Natch? Uh, I don't know. Apparently, according to dentist, is after. But yeah, yeah. It's not to to teñir los dientes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe this may be an unpopular opinion. Maybe this is like stand when you're in the toilet after you finish. Do you stand up or sit down to wipe? You know, because there are two kind of people in this world: stand ups or sit downs. <laughs> that might be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> Watch this space. All right, let's um, let's see. Brush your teeth when you drink orange juice. I dare you. Yeah, it's gross. Have you done that? Um, uh, ugh, the taste. Brush your teeth when then drink orange juice. It's gross. Okay, I'm on fire today, says Chusky. Yes, you are, sir. Let's go through the list. I asked a hundred humans what you might do after eating dinner in position number seven. <laughs> Thank you, Natch. Was dessert or coffee? Six of a hundred humans. In position number six was dishes. You do the dishes. You do the dishes. That's simple. In position number five. After dinner, you would brush your teeth. Nine of a hundred humans. No, eight of a hundred humans said that. In position number four. After eating dinner, you would smoke a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, the hundred humans were from the 90s today. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, nine of a hundred humans said that. In position number three was burp. After eating dinner, you would burp. Eruktar. Burp. In position number two was watch TV. After dinner, you watch TV. 25 of a hundred humans said that. Oh, perfect. Isn't that the, that just sounds like I'm describing the perfect Sunday. Eat dinner, watch TV. And then in position number one, fall asleep. <laughs> have a nice siesta, a nice nap. After eating dinner, you will fall asleep. 29 of 100 humans said that. Well done to Natch and Chusky Trusky for identifying the top answer today. Well done, guys. Maybe a little round of applause. Well done. You're so cool. <laughs> All right, let's go to complete the news. Complete the news. Ooh, Chusky. Interesting point. Chusky says, I consider coffee a part of the meal. Hmm. Is coffee a part of the meal? I don't think so, eh? because usually I go to a different... If I have lunch out, I go to a different place to have the coffee. Not always, but sometimes. And coffee is always an option, not like... Oof, it's a great question. Is coffee a part of the meal? Oh, all right, all right. You know, I can't argue with your logic there. All right, let's go to um, complete the news. The first piece of news we're going to look at... Um, is in regards to the um, to the American embassy in London, the American embassy in London. So an official, an official at the American embassy, one of the people who works there, with you know medio alto cargo, an official. So an official is no longer employed at London's U.S. embassy for blank. An official is no longer employed at London's U.S. Embassy for blank. So why? Is it A, wearing a MAGA cap to a World Cup office party? A MAGA cap, if you don't know, it's one of those Donald Trump branded caps that say, make America great again. So official no longer employed at London's U.S. Embassy for... A, wearing a MAGA cap at an office World Cup party. Is it B, for supporting England in the World Cup? For supporting England 
at the World Cup? Or is it C, not knowing the words to the American National Anthem? Woo! Lordy! A, B, or C? An official is no longer employed at London's US Embassy for A, wearing a MAGA cap at a World Cup office party. Is it B, for supporting England in the World Cup? Or is it C, not knowing the words to the American National Anthem? What do you think, Natch? Mm, B. You think B for, for supporting England in the World Cup? Mm-hmm. You're working at the U.S. Embassy. This is U.S. soil. You support the United States of America. Maybe. Maybe. Let's see. Um, I will salute you, Natch, for being the only person to say um, to say B. And I will salute Jareon for being the only person to say A. Um, wearing a MAGA cap at the World Cup office party. One, two, three, four. Okay, everybody else. Everybody else, without exception, said C for not knowing the words to the American national anthem. Let's get a little drum roll, Natch. Official, no longer employed at London's US Embassy for supporting England in the World Cup. Natch, you're on fire. Everybody else, go, I'm going to consider that a win to me because the maj- I fooled the majority. But yeah, um, an official, an embassy spokesman, Aaron Snipe, was fired. Um, uh, because uh, in a jokey video posted to Twitter ahead of the clash in Qatar, an official is no longer employed at the US embassy in London after he declared his support for England ahead of Friday's World Cup clash with America. Before the goalless draw in Qatar, the embassy posted a video on its official Twitter account, joking, joking, ladies and gentlemen, that the spokesman, Aaron, Aaron Snipe, had been fired before the game. Ha ha! So there you go. This was a little viral video, a little viral jokey video. No one lost the job, but it would have been good if it had been. Guys, I will post. This is from NBCnews.com. Again, as always, all the links and the news and the scientific papers that I use in this show, I post all the links to my Patreon, um, on my Patreon, and you can find them all there. You can find that at patreon.com barra professional bohemian where you can find a bunch of other stuff all the um all the vods to this show and everything like that friends thank you so so very much for being here guys it's been an awesome show it's going to be an awesome week i'm going to go back home now and continue my moving (laughs) i need to buy things guys there's so many things you could have been doing today instead of doing those things you're here with me and it means the absolute world see you next time (laughs) 